Hello, welcome to another episode of the Remote Hive podcast. I am your host, Darren Cronian, and in this week's episode, I'm going to be talking about the pros and cons of being a digital nomad. Before we get into that, though, did you know that I publish a free weekly email called The Hive? And in that email, I curate content that I feel is going to help you secure a remote job. If this is something that interests you, please go and sign up. Like I say, completely free. All you need to leave is your first name, your email address. And if you go to the remotehive.com slash subscribe, that is the remotehive.com slash subscribe. So as you may or may not be aware, I am what they would class as a digital nomad. I work as a quality assurance specialist part-time just for 25 hours a week. And I'm also working on my business, the remote hive as well. I do one-to-one coaching and I'm also going to be launching a marketplace soon. That's what I do for a living, coaching and also a quality assurance analyst. But I do that whilst I'm traveling around the world for the last three months. I've been living in Korea, uh, Seoul in particular. And very soon, I'm going to be heading to Bangkok in Thailand, going to be going there for a month. And that is what a digital nomad does. We all travel very differently. You know, some people like to be continuously traveling, where because I have to work, you know, full time pretty much with my business and also my contracting, then I spend three months in one place. But I spend a lot of time exploring the place that I'm in. I travel around the country that I'm in and that's how I prefer to travel. I prefer slow travel. Everybody is different. Now with the pandemic, everybody's been working from home and a lot of people have realized that actually they would like to live a very similar lifestyle where they travel and work remotely. And in today's episode, I just want to give a bit of dose of reality (laughs) Uh, because I think that's important. I love my lifestyle. I wouldn't change it for the world. So we are going to go through some pros, some good things about being a digital nomad. But we're also going to go through some of the cons, some of the negative aspects of living this lifestyle. Now, what I'm starting to see is even more content selling the dream of working on a beach or next to the pool with a cocktail and on your laptop. That, I'm afraid, isn't the reality. Yes, remote working allows you to work in various places like coffee shops and co-working spaces. And yes, you can work on a beach or next to the pool. But the reality is they're the worst places to work. And you need places where you can focus on the work. If you are working for a company, especially, you have to get work done. If you are not performing and not being productive, then you're not going to be in a job for very long. Now, myself, I spend a lot of time working in my apartment or a coffee shop. I occasionally, very, very rare, but I do occasionally work in co-working spaces. And to live a comfortable life as a digital nomad, you need to be making a consistent income. And that doesn't mean (laughs) spending all day working on the beach or next to the pool. You need to be seriously working. 
So for over, what, seven years now, I've worked remotely while traveling around the world. I've lived in cities like Seoul, Kuala Lumpur, Prague, all over the place, mainly in Europe and Asia, I have to add, that's where most of my travels have been. I quit my office job of 24 years to work remotely and travel. And to be honest, this was the best decision I've made in my life. I love living this lifestyle. And what this lifestyle brings is freedom and flexibility. I don't know about you, but for me, working in an office felt like I was a pre-programmed robot. <laughs> I used to wake up in the morning, commute to the office, work, take a 30 minutes lunch break, work some more, <laughs> commute back home, eat, watch TV, play on the PlayStation and sleep and repeat. That for 24 years was pretty much my existence. I didn't have any goals or aspirations in life. I got firmly stuck in the comfort zone. The freedom and flexibility that I introduced into my life surprised me when quitting my remote job. Just getting into a work routine is vital, but it's important that you treat work and life equally. So I have a work routine which allows me to do the things that I love in life, but also get work done. So for me, I do my contracting work as a quality assurance specialist in the evening between 6 and 11pm. Occasionally I have to work a little bit later if there are meetings, but that generally is the hours that I work. And this gives me the freedom to do what I want during the daytime and afternoon. Basically, I can go explore, I can go to a coffee shop and read a book, I can work on my business, I can do whatever I want to do, go hiking, go to eat at a restaurant. For me, personally, freedom and flexibility is more important than money. But let's be honest, <laughs> you cannot live in cities like Seoul without bringing in a good income. It's one of the most expensive cities in the world. And yes, if you need to travel, you need travel costs. There's, there's money that you need to be bringing in. And just working 25 hours a week for me gives me that freedom and flexibility and money to live comfortably. So that is definitely one of the pros of freedom and flexibility. One of the cons is the isolation of working and traveling alone. For introverts like myself, living as a digital nomad is absolutely perfect, especially when we're living through a pandemic and social distancing, being an introvert, I'm happy with my own company. I'm happy being alone. For many though, the thought of working, traveling and living alone is a considerable challenge and it's something that you will face. I find one of the benefits of spending three months in one place is that it gives you an opportunity to meet new people by going to local events or being part of a community, going to a local coffee shop and becoming a regular. And yes, obviously in some countries, the language barrier is a bit of a problem, especially in countries like Korea, but you always get by. It's totally possible to meet friends in countries where English isn't the first language. 
Now, you aren't really totally isolated because there are tools that you will use regular to communicate with the team that you are working with or with clients if you are a freelancer. I use tools like Slack, Zoom, Google Meet, and I'm able to communicate with team members so that there's some social engagement. You aren't really just being there all yourself all the time. But yes, it is a bit isolating. I've got to be honest, even as an introvert, sometimes it can get a little isolating. Obviously, technology is amazing. I use WhatsApp to keep in touch with my family and friends back home. And it really does help if I'm having a problem or just feeling a little bit down and fed up, then I can just reach out to my mum or my family, the rest of my family and, and chat to them. And that makes me feel much more connected. I get asked this question so often, but people are always asking me, do I feel lonely? And the answer is no, because my day is really full. I never have time to think about being alone. I've got hobbies and interests that keep me busy outside of work. I love creating videos on YouTube. I love reading. I love writing. I have lots of hobbies and interests which keep me really busy. It's really important when you're working remotely that you don't spend all of your time working. You must spend time doing the things you love in life. If you are finding that the job you are working on is just taking up all of your life, it's time to make a change. It's time to find a new job. Next, a pro of being a digital nomad is just being able to experience the world that we live in. Travel, in my opinion, is the best education anyone can receive. You learn about different cultures and languages. You meet new people and discover just another perspective of the world. Then there's the food. I just, uh, I just love nasi lemak and Malaysian food. It's one of my favorites. I also like quite a few Korean dishes that I've tasted recently. And one of the best experiences is, is tasting unique flavors and cuisine that you've never eaten before. What I always try to do is stay outside of the tourist areas. I actually like to live where the local neighborhoods are and you get to experience a real side of the places that you visit. You'll meet more people and you'll not also pay inflated tourist prices, which let's be honest, can be as much as double than what you pay locally. So a few you know, benefits of being outside of the tourist area. Obviously, a downside is you have to travel into the centre to all of the touristy places. But I just like being living where the where the locals live. A con of being a digital nomad is that life can definitely be more stressful. And I don't want to sound whiny. <laughs> I'm creating a list of first world problems. But stressful situations can occur as a digital nomad. Being prepared for these events will save you money, time and help you avoid stress. So we'll go through some of these stresses that can occur. Obviously, banking issues are probably the number one stress. <laughs> and a mistake that a lot of people make, especially when they're starting out being a digital nomad, is that they only travel with one method of payment, which 
it is not a good route to go down, believe me. What you need to be doing is traveling with at least two debit cards, a credit card for emergency, and I also use a service called Wise, which is really good for transferring money. It's an online bank. I actually get the income that I make from my contracting into my Wise bank account, and then I can transfer it into different places for my tax and things like that. Now, if your bank card is lost or stolen and you only have one card, you are not going to be able to access any money and you'll have accommodation to pay food and travel to your next destination. What I also recommend you have is set up Google or Apple Pay on your phone. That way you don't need to take your bank card out as much with you. Now, obviously that depends on the country you are in. Korea, for example, I don't think I've seen anywhere that takes Google or Apple Pay. I think mainly here it is Samsung Pay. Also, we use a T-Money card as well for convenience stores and public transport. But yes, it's um, definitely it's critical that you have more than one bank card because you don't want to be in that situation where you can't get access to your money. Another area which can cause you stress, which is definitely a con of being a digital nomad, is that these travel issues that can occur, flights can be cancelled, dates of your flights can be changed, times of the flight changes, delays, big delays, and you know, if you've booked a flight and you were due to check into your apartment on that day and it's been changed to the next day, it, it just gives you a lot of stress. So yeah, travel issues can definitely occur. You could lose your passport. It could be a victim of crime. Your hotel could be double booked and you have no room. These issues do occur. All you can really do is just take these issues head on, deal with them and find solutions for the problems. For example, I was traveling between Tokyo and South Korea a few years ago and I missed my flight from Japan from Tokyo and I had to book another flight because I had accommodation to pay for and yeah it, you just have to deal with the issues that occur as they occur. A positive thing a pro of being a digital nomad is just being able to have options we've talked about freedom and creating a perfect work-life balance the same with uh, flexibility is built around the work that you do. So to live this lifestyle comfortably, you need to be bringing in a regular income. So the ways you could be employed, you could be an employee working for a company. You could be a freelancer working for clients. You could run your own business and sell a product or service. Or you could be a contractor like myself. And all of these are great ways to bring money in so that you're able to live this lifestyle. I don't want to sound snobbish, but I like a certain level of comfort. I don't want to be staying in hostels. I don't want to have to be penny pinching. I certainly don't want to be living payday to payday. And that's really important. So yes, just really think about the kind of lifestyle that you want and what kind of work suits you, brings in the money for you to live the lifestyle that you want. So those are some of the pros and cons of being a digital nomad. If you have any questions, 
please do head over to theremotehive.com. I do have a contact us link right down at the bottom of the website. So get in touch if you've got any questions about becoming a digital nomad. Or you can reach out to me on Instagram if you go to the remote, no, yes, the remote hive on Instagram. Or you can follow me on Remote Darren. I've got two Instagram accounts. I know I've got way too many social profiles. But yes, you can contact me on Instagram. Or you can send me an email and I will answer any questions that you have. Please don't forget to subscribe to my weekly email at theremotehive.com slash subscribe. Until my next episode, please take care of yourselves out there. And uh, I'll chat to you soon. Take care.